Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, <coughs> and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials, and when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R. DIY, like do it yourself, health, H E A L T H, your DIY health.com. And there's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, you can hit the contact me button. And it gives you the option of either calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. And we'll do everything we can to get you, uh, get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're on the site, be sure and hit the radio shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to the Facebook page. Or, <laughs> no, you won't. You'll see the link to the archive page set up for the show. And on castbox.fm, there's over 700 shows up there now. They're all annotated as to what we talked about. And they are shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do. So have fun with that. And then if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page, as well as the Telegram channel. And Telegram is where most of the stuff happens these days because they're not censoring me like uh, Facebook does. Telegram can handle the truth. Facebook can't. <laughs> That'd make a good T-shirt. Anyway... Um, Enjoy that, and also hit the links channel or tab, and at the top of the page, you'll see a little picture of a money tree. If you click that, it'll take you to our sister site, yourdiywealth.com, and at the uh, top of the page in the menu bar, you'll see Hyperverse. We encourage you to check that out. Uh, I'll be adding more videos, hopefully, today. Uh, right now, there's a couple of them up there that talk about what the program does and how it works and that kind of thing. And it is flat out nothing short of amazing. If you have ever wanted to set up a uh, 
passive income stream that will ultimately provide you with a retirement income, uh, this program has that capability. And you can do it in as little as 20 months or less. Uh, is absolutely amazing. And uh, uh, I don't have any more financial worries anymore because of this program, and it could help you as well. I encourage you to check it out and contact me if you have any questions. Uh, it is, I will say right up front, it is not an investment. <laughs> um, it's a very interesting thing that was set up by a couple of uh, um geniuses no other word for it they are flat out financial geniuses and um uh internet and blockchain multi-billionaires and they're doing it to help the little guy which is the best part it is absolutely amazing it's available just about anywhere in the world that you have internet access and um the other cool part is it was set up uh, under the auspices of the Federal Trade Commission, they actually had their attorneys work with the FTC attorneys to iron out the uh, uh, program and the terms and conditions so that basically because the U.S. is the pickiest bunch of goobers on the planet, if they're compliant here, they're compliant everywhere in the world automatically. And uh, that's a nice thing. You know, they are in complete compliance with federal law as long as the people in the program maintain their compliance and that's why we say it is not an investment there's no monetary value within the system itself um, but the rewards that you get within the system can be taken out of the system and converted into bitcoin or ethereum or tether or virtually any crypto you want and then uh, used in a financial manner outside the program which is really pretty slick and uh, once you set it up, it just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. <laughs> uh, it is absolutely amazing. I encourage you to check it out. Get with me if you have any questions. All righty then. And keep in mind also the, uh, the topics discussed, opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say on this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth condition. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, the number to call into the show is 833-TFR-LIVE. That's 833-837-5483. Again, 833-837-5483 or 833-TFR-LIVE. All righty then. That's it for the housekeeping stuff. I will remember, remind you that uh, we are now um, not only on the air Thursdays, but also Tuesdays. Um this uh, we uh, just a couple weeks ago, the first Tuesday of December, we started doing a Tuesday show during the same time slot from 10 to noon Eastern. And uh, so far, so good. Everything's going well. Had a little hiccup last week with the uh, some issues with the server, had to run a replay. But uh, this week we did one and it went very well. And we expect that um, uh, we should be continuing this on uh, indefinitely. 
So um, just uh, checking here. I'm just uh, looking at the dates and stuff. Let's see. Christmas is Saturday. That's the 25th, 6th, 7th, 28th. Uh, just updating my notes for next week. And we will be doing a show next week. Uh, we're not um, not taking time off during the holidays, per se. I had to take uh, Monday off this week uh, for the funeral of a dear friend. But um, other than that, we'll be doing shows uh, all uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's and all that good stuff. And as far as I know, anyway, Mama hasn't told me otherwise yet. <laughs> so we'll just have to see where, what we see. But as far as I know, at this point, that's where we're at. Anywho, um, I wanted to play a uh, couple of uh, video or audio clips, and one of them I can't find. I had the thing. I'm sure I had it on my desktop, and it seems to have vanished. So I'm going to um, try tapping into the laptop downstairs through the network and see if we can get a hold of that little booger and uh, get it up here. I've been hearing a couple of different... Uh, short audios that um, are really revealing of the things that are currently going on in the world and uh, just wanted to give you a chance to hear some of those things but um, we'll just have to see if we can find them <laughs> i hate when that happens i'm always getting things going i think i have it ready for the show and i go looking for it and it's no longer there it's like what happened but um Let's see if we can find it here. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, nuts. Uh, let's look in the trash. Nope, I emptied it. So much for that idea. <laughs> I sent everything up here, and then when I did, I was cleaning up my computer downstairs and threw everything in the trash that I thought I had transferred. So I guess we're, we'll have to see what happens but i do have another one it is a um clip of a OBGYN doctor talking uh, by the name of thorpe i believe his name is and he's discussing um uh, what should i say talking talking about the issues with these injections and the women who are being mistakenly or well, maybe not mistakenly, but they are mistakenly taking them. So let me get right into this. Here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. I'm Harrison Smith. My guest is Dr. Thorpe, Dr. James Thorpe, MD, has over 42 years of experience in obstetrics and is a board-certified maternal-fetal medical specialist. He's joining us today to discuss his concerns with the effects of the COVID-19 vaccine in pregnant women. He's standing up against the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology and the rest of the medical cartel for you and every physician, nurse, and patient in this country. One of the most important stories we could be talking about today, and I'm very, very glad to welcome Dr. James Thorpe to the program. Welcome, Dr. Thorpe. Harrison, uh, well, thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming on, talking about this extremely troubling trend that that we're seeing. There have been lots of reports of stillbirths and difficulties with with pregnancy, but obviously it's not being reported on the mainstream media. What are what does America need to know about some of the some of the outcomes of uh, pregnant women receiving this vaccine? First off, Harrison, um, again, thank you. 
the most important thing for every patient in the United States of America to know and every public is you can't trust any physician or any nurse because all of us, every nurse, every physician is under a severe, illegal, unethical, illegitimate, immoral, and unconstitutional gag order. Right. And this is unacceptable. So it basically has destroyed the physician-patient relationship, and it has made any legal, honest, informed consent null and void. Right. There's extreme concern for the use of the vaccination in pregnancy. I have extreme concern. It never should have been used in pregnancy. It never should have been used in children. There are no safety data in pregnancy, and we're seeing an increase in stillbirth, an increase in fetal malformation, and an increase in babies with severe chronic illnesses and also acute rare cancers. Mm. It's devastating, and, and we've seen some pretty shocking headlines recently. We showed a video from the Canadian Parliament last week where one member stood up and said there have been reports of 86 stillbirths this year in all fully vaccinated pregnant mothers. Previously, it would be maybe, maybe 10 a year. That would be a, a bad year, 86 in a single year. And the response from the government was pregnant women should get the vaccine. I mean, they didn't even address this uh this claim is anybody doing this research um we're being severely inhibited um severely threatened um from the cartel the entire medical community the american board of obstetrics and gynecology the federation of state medical license boards the american association of nursing colleges American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine, all strongly recommend the vaccination in pregnancy with zero data, zero safety data. So it is incumbent upon anyone in the world that disagrees with me, it's incumbent upon them to prove me wrong. And by the way, they should have proved me wrong before they ever started vaccinating pregnant women and children. And just to give you a taste, Harrison, of what we're up against, the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine was at the FDA panel where they discussed and voted upon the recommendation for using this vaccination in children ages 5 to 11. And this is what he said. This, the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine. Well, we simply have no data. We just have to roll it out and see what happens. Right. From the New England Journal of Medicine. So in the British Journal of Medicine, they are a little bit more honest and uh, have stepped up and the British Journal of Medicine actually published an article by Paul D. Thacker. And, uh, and Paul Thacker, this was published in um, November, just a month ago. 
pointed out severe concerns, data manipulation, fraudulent data, and a fraudulent relationship between the New England Journal of Medicine and Pfizer. Mm. So this kind of nonsense has been going on in mainstream medical journals for the last decade, and it's accelerated with this whole COVID-19 um, pandemic. Right. So the, there is no safety data in pregnancy. There's no safety data in, in um, children. So when the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine admits that there's zero data, for safety in children, okay, and and we're just going to roll it out and see what happens. That's not the way we do science. That's not science. That is the antithesis of science. But in pregnancy, um, you know, it, 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 at least he was honest in the children, Harrison, but in pregnancy, what he did was publish a fraudulent, worthless totally ridiculous article with a New England Journal of Medicine stamp saying that it's safe in pregnancy. And if anyone uh, that has any experience in reviewing uh, journal articles um, like I do, and I'm, um, it, it, there's, there's nothing in that data that reassures me. Right. Nothing. No, it's, it's incredibly troubling. And, I, I really feel like, despite the fact that I've been on top of this for the entire pandemic and I've covered this so much, I really am just kind of now starting to realize just how utterly this has destroyed the the medical community. And I'm, you know, I'm reading these two books, the one by RFK and the one by Dr. Scott Atlas in, in the White House, and you know. They talk about the editor of the British Medical Journal and how he's sort of bucking the trend and actually producing some of this stuff. And so it's actually it's uplifting knowing that there's people like yourself and P, and all of these wonderful doctor Dr. Peter McCullough that understand what's going on and are working behind the scenes to to fulfill this. The beginning of the RFK book just begins with a huge list of people: Nobel Prize winners, Nobel Prize laureate or Nobel laureates, uh, just the top of their field across the board. And every name you go, okay, all right. There's a lot of really smart people working on this that understand what's going on. How are all of these people being so overwhelmed by the medical establishment, which seems completely uninterested in any of the actual science? It's a cartel. There's nothing better. Um, explanation except it's collusion and it's a cartel and you're right the the editor of the British Medical Journal uh, uh, um, and I have actually been in communication and she is um, I, I, I think that if there's any journal mainstream medical journal that has any shred of credibility left in terms of reporting the science of this um, COVID-19 vaccination. It's it's the British Journal of Medicine. Well, that's great. And and I know, you know, we'll get in especially to, to exactly what pregnant women, you know, need to worry about or what they need to be aware of. Um, but just where, where do we how has this been for you? I mean, it was this a big wake up call. I get a lot of people that just they don't believe that this could be a conspiracy because they think that means that everybody's in on it and that your local doctor must be in on the conspiracy theory. And that's too much for them to believe. So they can't they can't handle it. How does a conspiracy or cooperation of this level take place? How do they exert pressure on your family physician to tell you the wrong thing? How does that happen? Great question. And that's what everybody uh, that's a very 
Good question, Harrison. And what happens if, if you look at Dr. Robert Malone and also a physician by the name of Dr. Matthias Desmond, D-E-S-M-E-N-T, they, they've recently published a brilliant uh, article on the, the psychiatric phenomena of mass formation psychosis. Oh, wow. Okay, well, hold that thought. I'm sorry I asked you that question too late. we got to go to break, but we'll be right back, and we'll, we'll, we'll finish up with this, how they control an entire medical establishment from the top on you were describing. Yes, exactly. So you've got um, break down the people in the, the top 30%, the middle 40%, and the lower 30%. The top 30% are a group of civilians or physicians or healthcare workers or anybody in the country that have, in, in essence, been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. They have, it's an ideology, it's a religion to them. And they are not approachable by data and rational data. If you discuss it with them, you'll be blasted. You'll be called names. And they, they're unapproachable. We can't change them. The middle 40% are people that, again, physicians, nurses, everybody, that are just totally confused and don't know what to believe. These people we can reach. And then the lower 30% are people like you and people like me that know the truth. We speak the truth. And, but there's only a small teeny minority of that 30% that are willing to step out and actually, like me, um, stand up to the system and call them out. Right, right. And, and because that top 30% has so much power and is really willing to use it to silence that lower 30, the ones that are brave enough to stand up, uh, it makes sense how you know their ideology is the, is the dominant one. I mean, they're, they're on top and they're using whatever they have at their, uh, you know, whatever's available to them to silence their critics. So it's a, a feedback loop, I think, that really does threaten to destroy this country, let alone the medical system in this country. And, of course, when it comes to things like the vaccine effectiveness or side effects of the vaccine, especially in things like children and pregnant women, people like children and pregnant women, we're being totally forbidden from even researching it or looking into it or even suggesting that it might be something we'd look into. So God only knows what the consequences of this are. I mean, what do you think the path ahead looks like for us without all of this information and without being able to to even ask questions? It's very bleak. Um, when, when the vaccination is injected into the deltoid in a pregnant woman or, or really any woman, any person, um, to the best of my knowledge, and, and um, w- nobody really knows what's in the vaccination, mm-hmm. but uh, there's about 40 billion, not, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not billion, 40 trillion what we call nanolipid particles. Mm-hmm. And the nanolipid particles are basically uh, a, a, uh, a fat-soluble membrane uh, and inside that um, particle is messenger RNA. And about, you know, 75% of that 40 trillion nanoparticles, nanolipid particles, spread throughout the entire body. No, they, they cross all barriers because they're so small and they're lipid soluble. They cross the blood brain barrier. Okay, they easily go through the placenta. Mm-hmm. They go to every single cell in the fetus. 
they cross the blood-brain barrier in the fetus. Um, so the fetus has a massive amount of these lipid nanoparticles containing mRNA. It causes inflammation. In my business, as a maternal fetal medicine specialist, we all know there's a massive amount of research saying that, uh, that inflammation in the fetus equals danger. It is dangerous. It causes malformation. It causes um, fetal death. It causes um, uh, long-term, potentially long-term fetal brain problems. Um, in children and the offspring, I have grave concern. And I've already seen it in my practice. And I've heard it from women who have contacted me from all over the country, actually all over the world. And so what what would you tell to pregnant women who have either gotten the vaccine or may be thinking about it? I mean, what what do you what do they need to know about the risks of taking this vaccine? Um, there are no safety data. It's extremely dangerous. Um, listen, I counsel all of my patients non-directively. Um, if, if they want to take the vaccine, then then I support them. But if they, um, they're, they're fed all of the propaganda because I'm in a system. If they ask me for my opinion, I say, do not ever take the vaccination. It's totally unnecessary. It is not effective in pregnancy. There's no effectiveness data in pregnancy. Number two, it's very unsafe in pregnancy. There's no safety data. And number three, it's totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary, really, for anybody, because we have early treatment of COVID-19 that's extraordinarily effective, that's been censored and suppressed. And there are researchers like me um, all over this country, the frontline physicians, Robert Malone, Jessica Rose, Neil Carroll, Peter McCullough, Brian Artis, Brian Marble, I could go on and on and on, but literally there's millions and millions of patients across the world that are treated effectively with safe vitamin supplements and repurposed drugs. Right. It was totally unnecessary. There's our frontline physicians right there. So all right, we're going to stop it there and uh, take our break. We'll be back in three minutes. We'll finish it up. Stick with us for more Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Turn on your TV and all you ever see is Ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get their piece of pie. And we are back, and we're going to go right back to the recording with uh, Dr. Thorpe, and here we go. Well, if I can get it to play. That's weird. So uh, why were they censored? Why were they persecuted, including myself? Why were we mocked? 
because there was an agenda. Right. The agenda was we couldn't have a cheap, safe outpatient therapy to prevent this disease because the end game for the cartel was the vaccination. And it was always the vaccination. And there you see in this video, Dr. Stella Emanuel, who, of course, came out and was in favor of hydroxychloroquine, was charged. They tried to strip her license. They tried to stop her from practicing. Eventually, it was adjudicated, and they found out she said nothing wrong, and she was actually exactly right about hydroxychloroquine, and they had to apologize for her. But you ask how they control doctors. It's through methods like that, silencing them by literally delicensing them. Harrison, you're absolutely right. And here's what I want to say and to your pregnant woman. Okay, uh, if they ask my opinion, do not take the vaccine. Um, we've used hydroxychloroquine, you know, not, not, not millions, but probably billions of doses over almost a century, 85 years. I personally have been using hydroxychloroquine in pregnancy for 40 years, Harrison. Right. It's totally safe. Pregnant women with autoimmune disease take hydroxychloroquine 400 milligrams a day, even in the first trimester, Plaquenil. We, I've used it for 40 years. Wow. It turns out that, that 400 milligrams of Plaquenil or hydroxychloroquine in pregnancy is extremely safe and extremely effective in preventing COVID-19. Unlike, so, unlike the vaccines, which have no safety data and, and have, as of yet show somewhat waning effectiveness against COVID. Now, we're running out of time, so I know it's ultimately important that you get out a, a call to action to pregnant women. Um, and they, you want them to email you, but I, I want you to, to give the pitch here because I think this is important that people contact you. I'm... We are all obstructed from doing research on outcome of vaccination in pregnancy. So any woman that has had the vaccine in pregnancy and has had any type of an adverse outcome, whether it's fetal growth restriction, fetal death, um, severe preeclampsia, hypertension, or you've had a baby that has had complications including sudden infant death syndrome or including um, abnormal immunological, abnormal illnesses, cancers, please contact me at my email, which is jathorpe at bellsouth.net. There's no E on the Thorpe. It's J as in James, A as in Alan, Thorpe as in my last name, T-H-O-R-P, at Bell. B-E-L-L, like ring a bell, south, S-O-U-T-H dot net. And so this is, this is a call to action. Any pregnant women who have received the vaccine had a negative reaction to themselves or their baby, get in contact with Dr. Thorpe, J-A Thorpe at bellsouth.net, J-A-T-H-O-R-P at bellsouth.net. He needs to hear from you because they're not doing this research. They're not going out to ask you. You've got to provide the information. And uh, Dr. Thorpe is, is trying to raise the alarm about what we know is happening to pregnant women and try to figure out what we don't know that's happening. And the research is necessary to do that. Thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Thorpe. We're going to have to have you on uh, again for longer and really get into what's going on in the medical establishment. But I thank you so much for doing this important work, and I hope people reach out to you and, and get help. All right, there you have it. I've been saying for quite some time, <laughs> pregnant women or people that are considering getting pregnant should avoid these things like the plague. Of course, everybody should. It's, you know, it's not just pregnant people. Pregnant women, I should say. There's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, it's all women. 
but you sh- it's not just uh, women and people that are, are women that are pregnant. It's anybody. There's absolutely no reason for anyone to take one of these toxic injections, bioweapons. As they said, you know, there are numerous, 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 uh, both pharmaceutical and, you know, safe pharmaceutical and natural uh, treatment modalities that will get rid of COVID very easily. I'm living proof. (laughs) I didn't take any um, pharmaceuticals whatsoever when I had it, and it was gone in 36 hours. Um, Strictly using natural nutrition, uh, colloidal silver, um, uh, essential oils of oregano, and a few other things, uh, knocked it right out. You know, lost my sense of taste and smell for about a day, came right back, and everything was good. And I've had no problem since. I wasn't tested, don't plan on being tested for either the disease or antibodies. I really don't care. I know my uh, my immune system is quite capable of dealing with whatever comes down the pike. Uh, granted, you know, from time to time, something may slip through the cracks as this did. It was the first time I'd been sick in years and, uh, I still attribute it to eating my wife's Christmas cookies. I ate a bunch of sugar and it knocked my immune system down and something snuck, snuck through the cracks, but, um, not making that mistake again, <laughs> but don't take those things. Do not take those shots. And uh, there's no reason, unless you have a death wish. You know, if you want to die, or if you want to know, figure, find out what it's like to have severe neurological conditions where you flop around like a beach mackerel and can't stop, go ahead, take it. But if you want to have a healthy baby, stay as far away from MDs as you possibly can. Give your body the nutrition it needs to produce a healthy baby. And you won't need any of this other garbage. But, you know, to each his own. I'm just trying to be the watchman on the wall, you know, waving a flag and uh, warning people. But at the same time, just looking to see here. um, Goodness gracious. December 23rd, 2021, 34,337 deaths, 3,120,439 injuries following COVID shots in European database. As UK public data shows, 35 deaths and 213 hospitalizations among booster triple vaccinated. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. School district in New York sends out warning uh, email. Parents of a sudden cardiac arrests. Yeah, this is insanity. They're sending out notices for K through 12 of the fact that they're now requiring each school to have specially trained personnel nurses, coaches, the occasional doctor, uh, trained to deal with sudden cardiac arrest. Now, I'm, I'm surprised it took them so long, because when I was a kid, 
I mean, we have we were out on the playgrounds, and you know, kids would be dropping off the monkey bars and the teeter totters, and be running around playing tag, and they just keel over dead from sudden cardiac arrest. And it's just now that they're finally doing something about it. Now, if you believe that, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona I'd like to talk to you about. You know, we never had sudden cardiac arrest in K through 12 or any other. Even when I got to college, you didn't see it. (laughs) I was being facetious. But now, because of all these toxic bioweapons they're injecting into children, it is becoming a problem. And, of course, they say, oh, well, it's, you know, extremely rare. But yet, they're requiring every school to have people that are able to deal with sudden cardiac arrests. Hmm. It's extremely rare, but it happens quite often. And, uh... The thing is, is when somebody goes into cardiac arrest, there's not a whole lot you're going to do for them. You might have a uh, automatic external defibrillator handy. Maybe you can bring them back or CPR or whatnot. But then, of course, you got to wonder, are people going to be willing to do CPR on someone? Oh, maybe they have COVID. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> This is the insanity of all the stuff that's going on right now. There are places, I saw a thing yesterday where somewhere in I think British Columbia, they're putting a thousand of these uh, defibrillators around town to make sure they're available for people when they start keeling over from these injections. Sure would be a lot smarter and a lot less expensive just to stop giving the stupid shots. But then that wouldn't... Uh, that wouldn't deal with the uh, issue that they have of wanting to kill so many people. It's insanity. CDC admits COVID-19 shots causing heart disease but won't stop the injections. <laughs> Operation Omicron. And again, I can't help but uh, you have to keep stating. I like how they chose Omicron because when you rearrange the words from Omicron, it becomes moronic. And you'd actually have to be moronic to believe the crap that they are putting out right now. All the uh, real science from all over the world is saying that Omicron is no big deal. It may be a little more um, virulent, might be easier to catch, but it's much, much easier to deal with. Where did it go? I'm waiting here. Uh, looking, 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 looking. Omicron variant data from Denmark suggests that people have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> and I'm clicking on the article and it won't open. That's interesting. Uh, something's going on with my browser today. I should have rebooted the booter. <laughs> yeah. This page is loading, so I can't do anything until it finishes. There we go. Omicron. Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak data from highly vaccinated Denmark suggests that post-vaccine Omicron variant 
is just being used as a cover for the failure of the vaccine. The Danish government has been publishing extremely detailed daily data about COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations in the country. This includes information identifying the cases caused by the original strain or by post-injection variants like Delta and Omicron. According to the data, most new COVID-19 cases in Denmark occur in people who are injected or, or who have received booster doses. And that's pretty much the same everywhere. The original cases in South Africa injected people. That's because that's where these so-called variants come from. This is true for cases caused by the post-vaccine Omicron variant and by other variants. 76% of people in Denmark with non-Omicron COVID-19 infections are fully injected, while 90% of people with Omicron infections are fully injected. Furthermore, of the nearly 600 people in Denmark currently hospitalized due to COVID-19, only 25 of them were hospitalized because of the Omicron variant. Danish health authorities have refused to provide an exact number of Omicron patients that are under intensive care, saying that only that they're saying only that it is fewer than 5. The data also shows that people infected with the Omicron variant are significantly less likely to be hospitalized than those who were infected with the original strain or with uh, post-injection variants. This is in line with what South African health authorities have been saying about Omicron. Danish health authorities have logged a record-breaking 13,558 new COVID-19 infections in the last 24 hours with a majority of them being caused by Omicron. Now, again, how are they determining that they've got 13,558 new COVID-19 infections? Are they doing PCR tests that don't have the right information, (laughs) you know, don't tell you anything uh, realistic? And if they're using PCR tests, how many cycles are they doing? 35? 40? (laughs) They're just running numbers again, if that's the case. But daily hospital admissions and deaths are far below the levels seen at the same time last year. Despite the data proving that Danish people should not fear Omicron, this has not stopped the government from using the sudden influx of cases to reinstate lockdown measures. The left-wing government of Prime Minister Met. Fredrickson announced new COVID-19 restrictions that went into effect on Sunday, December 19th. Public venues like museums, movie theaters, concert halls, museums, park or amusement parks, and art galleries have been forced to shut down. All other stores that are smaller than 2,000 square meters or 21,528 square feet including restaurants, must limit the number of patrons allowed in their premises at any given time. Additionally, restaurants are now required to close by 11 p.m. Because apparently COVID is a night owl. (laughs) Danish government also is advising people to restrict the number of people they meet over the holidays. We're going to be talking about that a little bit more here soon. 
It is also encouraging public and private companies to force employees to work from home as much as possible. Fredrickson made it very clear that she announced the uh, new restrictions on Friday that this is not a full-fledged lockdown. Of course not. It's just a partial one for now. (laughs) The big one comes later. But a partial one that is still necessary to contain the spread of COVID-19 in fully injected nation. Yeah. Like it's going to do any good. (laughs) It's proven fact lockdowns don't do anything. Our goal is to keep as large... Uh, sections of society open as possible, she said. We need to curb activity. We all need to limit our social contacts. Oh, yeah. It would be irresponsible not to recommend new restrictions, said Director General Dr. Soren Brostrom of the Danish Health Authority. Yeah, we got to do something, even if it's wrong. <laughs> These restrictions will be added to Denmark's current mandate for everyone to wear face diapers on public transportation and in shops. The government is also considering extending the mask mandate to include everyone inside places of worship and educational institutions. In September, the government declared that the COVID-19 outbreak in Denmark was no longer to be considered a socially critical disease, claiming that... Excuse me, claiming that the country's high rate of vaccination helped it get to that point. Yeah, right. And now that the all the vaccinated people are doing their thing, they're creating all the spike proteins. So now the, the highly vaccinated public is doing just the opposite and causing more and more and more and more and more new cases. Now, as more cases are reported, despite the injection rate, it is clear that COVID-19 injections did not protect the country against outbreaks. You think? According to the latest data, 80% of all Danes over the age of five are fully injected. 84% of people in the same age group have received at least one dose of the injection, and around 35% have received booster doses. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, that's where it's at in Denmark. <laughs> Something rotten in Denmark. I think it's the government. Once again, there we go. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Uh, yes, I-, I would do that. I mean, I think we're dealing with a, a serious enough situation right now that if there's an unvaccinated person i would say i'm very sorry but not this time maybe another time when this is all over yeah there you have it fauci the ferengi you know anybody that listens to that little puke it's like what are you thinking he's flip-flop more than obama and biden and hillary combined I'll tell you what, but this garbage of, you know, yeah, if you got a, a relative who's not fully injected, they can't come to your little Christmas party. Well, quite honestly, if I was Fauci's relative and I was invited to his Christmas party, knowing that he's fully injected and that he's restricting uh, access pretty much to only those who are fully injected, I would not want to go. Because it's not the unvaccinated people that are the problem. 
it's the vaccinated people, the injected people. You know, when I say vaccinated, I'm just tired of, you know, just use the word, you know, just replace it with injected. <laughs> but anyway, this whole thing is insane to sit there and, and push these, these jabs, toxic bioweapons, and on one hand, tell the public that they're, they're safe, they're effective, they work, they protect you. But then to say you can't have uninjected people around you because those people might make you sick. Well, wait a minute. If you're injected, you're protected. That's the whole line that you people have been pushing. The truth is the people that are injected are the ones that should be ostracized publicly and be locked up and locked down and not allowed out in public because they're the ones that are spreading it. Someone who's not injected, who's not sick, is not going to spread anything. You can't spread something you don't got. However, every single person who's been injected has it. They not only have it, but they are making it. If you got the Pfizer, the AstraZeneca, the uh, Moderna, any of the mRNA injections, you, for as long as you continue to live, will be producing spike proteins and causing people to get sick with COVID. Period. Just get used to that. You are typhoid Mary. You are the first source in the history of the world of asymptomatic spread. And on top of that, those little jabs that you got are reducing your immune system. We got a new uh, new study here dated December 22nd. And once again, this goofy page is reloading and it's right in the middle and it won't let me get my article open. Oh, what is going on here? Anyway, study COVID-19 injections found to weaken the immune system, increased risk of developing cancer. Why? Because these things have cancer viruses in them among other things. Here we go. Finally open. A recent study conducted by Swedish researchers has found that mRNA Wuhan coronavirus injections weaken a person's immune system and increase their likelihood of developing cancer. Researchers from Umeå University in northeastern Sweden found that the SARS-CoV-2 full-length spike protein travels through the body of a person infected with the virus and suppresses his adaptive immunity. Unlike innate immune responses, the adaptive responses are highly specific to the particular pathogen that induced them. So in other words, it may give you some protection against the actual spike protein of the virus that you were injected to protect against. But anything else that comes along, like the cold or the flu, that could kill you. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? A person who recovers from measles, for example, is protected for life against measles by the adaptive immune system, wrote the study authors. 
Clinical trial data involving COVID-19 injections previously found that the injections impair the production of white blood cells, a critical component of the body's immune system. This investigation found a significant decrease in lymphocytes in people who have taken Pfizer's mRNA COVID-19 injection. Lymphocytes, like T-cells and B-cells, are types of white blood cells that are important parts of the immune system. The fact that the Swedish researchers reported a loss of immune function associated with the invasion of the spike protein into the cell nucleus, combined with previous clinical trial data that found transient reductions in the number of white blood cells, may explain reports of increased COVID infections shortly after injection wrote Lynn Redwood for the Children's Health Defense. Immune suppression by the injections can lead to cancer. Clinical epidemiological data shows that the immunosuppressive effects... Oh my goodness. Well, we'll stop there and come back in three minutes at the top of the hour with more Your DIY Health. We'll be right back. to hour number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, before the break, I was looking into an article about immune system suppression caused by these injections. And we're going to pick up where we left off. Clinical epidemiological data shows that the immunosuppressive effects of the mRNA COVID-19 injections can significantly increase a person's risk of getting cancer. Lymphocytes, especially the T-cells, are well recognized for the significant role they play in preventing cancer by their ability to attack and kill cancer cells before they spread. The data shows that people injected with the mRNA injection can experience a temporary immune suppression or immune dysregulation that can last a week or even longer. Other research shows that the mRNA injections can reprogram adaptive and innate immune responses. In particular, the the injections downregulate the TLR4 pathway, which is known to play a critical role in the immune system's response to infections and cancer cells. This combination of factors means that if an injected person has a tumor somewhere in his or her body, known or unknown, or if they have a predisposition to some type of cancer, a state of immune suppression or dysregulation induced by the injection could potentially trigger the sudden growth of the tumor or tumors in the weeks following injection. 
The current scientific consensus is that the injections themselves do not contain any carcinogenic substances. <laughs> yeah, right. But this, can, this claim needs to be properly investigated. Yeah, here you go. The extent of the injection-induced tumor growth is also currently uncertain. But the conclusions of the studies are supported by real-world evidence proving that there are already several thousand reports of uh, cancer vaccine, excuse me, injection-caused cancer. Back in August, clinical pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole described a significant increase in certain types of cancer, including breast, ovarian, endometrial, prostate, and pancreatic since the beginning of the mass injection campaign in the United States. More recently, German pathologists noted the sudden growth of tumors caused by post-injection immune system dysregulation. So there you have it. Just one more, you know, side effect <laughs> or uh, bonus of taking one of these injections. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Now you have old Fauci who's saying people will never will have to wear face masks inside airplanes forever. And once again, I can't get the thing to load. <laughs> have to wait for it to go through its little deal here. Good heavens. I hate that. Slow my show down. Come on. Good grief. There we are. Finally. Fauci says people will have to wear face diapers inside airplanes forever. White House Chief Medical Advisor, how that's still the case, is a testament to the stupidity of Sleepy Joe, or whoever's pulling his strings. Anyway, Anthony Fauci, the Ferengi, said people will have to mask up when traveling by air permanently. Fauci, also the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, made this announcement during a December 19th appearance in the ABC program this week. Program host Jonathan Carl asked Fauci whether he thinks passengers will one day be able to ditch face masks while on board a plane, to which the infectious diseases expert answered in the negative. And remember, an expert, the definition of an expert, an X is a has-been and a spurt is a drip under pressure, and that pretty much explains Anthony Fauci quite well. I don't think so. I think when you're dealing with closed space, even though the filtration is good, you want to go that that extra step, Fauci said. <laughs> oh, boy. Carl's questions came after some airline executives said that travelers can issue face coverings or get rid of them while inside airplane cabins. Southwest CEO uh, Gary Kelly pointed out that the air filtration system in commercial aircraft makes it safer than other places during a uh, during a congressional hearing. The statistics, I recall, is 99.97% of airborne pathogens are captured by the HEPA, high efficiency particle or particulate air filtering system. Uh, actually, particulate arrest filtering system uh, that is turned over every two to three minutes. I think the case is very strong that masks don't add much, if anything, in the air cabin environment. It's very safe and very high quality compared to other indoor settings, he told Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker. 
I'm inclined to agree with him there. Doug Parker, the CEO of American Airlines, concurred with Kelly during the hearing. The aircraft is the safest place you can be. It's true of all our aircraft. They all have these HEPA filters and the same airflow, he told lawmakers. Fauci's insistence on wearing face diapers inside commercial aircraft aligns more with medical fascism than prudent health advice. That's for sure. The infectious disease doctor has also followed the same train of thought when it comes to injections. In recent months, Fauci's rhetoric has centered on supporting Wuhan coronavirus injection booster doses. He has sought to redefine the meaning of fully injected as receiving three injection shots instead of the usual two. And eventually four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 36, 38, 40. Yeah, it's never going to end. I would not at all be surprised that the adequate full regimen for COVID injection will likely be three doses. <laughs> you know, until the first of the year, when we'll go to four and five and keep counting. He said during a September 21st White House briefing, Fauci defended the immunity given by boosters as dramatic and durable. <clears throat> yeah, right. That's why we have to keep getting booster after booster after booster. You know, it hasn't even been six months for most people getting the actual shots, but the, they're needing boosters because these things are so good. I don't think so. And like I said, you have to be moronic to believe anything that little dweeb says. However, he pointed out that health authorities would have the final say on changing the definition of fully injected. The infectious disease doctor reiterated the need for booster doses amid the emergence of the Omicron variant. <laughs> yeah, they have absolutely no effect on whatsoever. Certainly, when you want to talk about what optimal protection is, I don't think anybody would argue the opti that optimal protection is going to be <laughs> with a third shot. Oh, there's a lot of people that would argue that old Tony, you little turd. He also told journalist Kate uh, Boldon, or Boldwan, or B-O-L-D-U-A-N, whatever you pronounce it, in the same interview that the uh, definition of fully injected could include boosters at any time soon. Right now, I don't see that changing tomorrow or next week, but in my own personal opinion, it's going to be a matter of when, not if. Oh, boy video below of Fauci's ever-changing guidance on face masks. Oh, this ought to be good. Here we go. <laughs> Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. On wearing masks, I mean, masks are very important. Universal wearing of masks. Wearing lying. of masks. Lying. Why are you always lying? Should we limit the protesting? I, I'm not sure what you mean. Should how do we? Do you you want you you could do so you say limit the protesting? Should government limit the protesting? I I I don't think that's relevant to. Well, you just said if it increases the spread of the virus, I'm just asking: should we limit it? 
Well, I'm, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. Well, you make all kinds of recommendations. My recommendation still holds that the choirs should refrain from singing. In Louisiana, hundreds of worshippers defied bans on large gatherings, but their actions have been condemned. Wait a minute! You see the inconsistency, though, Dr. Fauci? There's no inconsistency, Congressman. So you're allowed to protest millions of people on one day in crowds yelling, screaming, but you try to run your business, you get arrested? And if you stood right outside of that same business and protested, you wouldn't get arrested? You don't see an inconsistency there? I just want an answer to the question. Do the protests increase the spread of the virus? I, I don't have any scientific evidence that anything... I- you, 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 want, you want him to do... So you don't have a position on whether the protest increased the spread of the virus or don't increase the spread of the virus? I'm saying that crowds, wherever the crowds are... Why are you running? Why are you running? Do you understand Americans' concern? Protesting, according, particularly according to the Democrats, is just fine, but you can't go to work, you can't go to school, you can't go to church... There's limits placed on all three of those fundamental activities, First Amendment activities, but protesting is just fine. That's a good one. (laughs) And by the way, at the end, it says 1986theact.com. And that is a fantastic movie or video that was done. Uh, I encourage you to check it out. 1986theact.com. Um, really, really, really good information about the uh, Childhood Vaccine Act that has given immunity to all of these companies that produce this garbage. But uh, I encourage you to do your own research. But, you know, the thing is, Fauci is sitting there saying, well, you got to wear face diapers all the time. And he's saying, don't let unvaccinated people come to your Christmas gatherings and all this other stuff. There's absolutely not, no scientific backing for anything that guy says. And he claims to be representing science. I am science. <laughs> you know, it's a joke. Uh, I'll tell you what. He's just trying to kill people and get rich in the process. Ah, unplugged his back. Cool. Let's see. Audio is good. Uh, goodbye, airline industry. Yeah, the way I look at it. I will not fly again until I until they either get some adult leadership or I can fly private. And at that point, I will not be wearing a face diaper and neither will anybody else on the plane. Prove to me that the living being can acquire a virus from outside the body. Amen. There you go. <laughs> it's just little little fragments of uh, dead bacteria. And everybody got them inside. And the bacteria are there to clean things up. But anyway, you know, this whole deal is there's no science behind any of it. New Zealand walks back on reopening, imposes stringent measures for travelers. Good grief. Uh, Pfizer's confidential report refuses official vaccine narratives by government. (laughs) Refutes, I mean, excuse me. Global supply chain crisis expect to last another two years. Whoopee! Yeah. Global Health Coalition calls for a cease and desist of COVID-19 jab distribution. Let's take a look at this one. 
beautiful eyes. <laughs> anyway, a global coalition of health and civil society organizations issued a declaration calling for an immediate stop to the experimental COVID-19 injections, arguing that the push for mass immunization violates basic principles of common law, constitutional law, and natural justice, as well as several international treaties. Yeah, think. <laughs> Signed November 29th, the declaration states that the World Council for Health, WCH, is ethically and lawfully bound to issue this declaration, demanding that governments and corporations cease and desist from direct or indirect participation in the manufacturing, distribution, administration, or promotion of COVID-19 experimental injections. The document further argues that Every living man and woman has a moral and legal duty to take immediate and decisive action to halt this unprecedented medical experiment, which con continues to cause unnecessary and immeasurable harm. In its statement, the WCH, which collaborates with some 80 health and civil society groups globally, and describes itself as a worldwide coalition of organizations that seek to broaden public health knowledge and sense-making through science and shared wisdom. Argues that the COVID-19 drugs currently on the market are still experimental with long-term effects that cannot be known at this time, since most clinical trials will not be completed until 2022 or excuse me, 2023, and some as late as 2025. Coalition goes on to declare that it is time to put an end to this humanitarian crisis and asserts that the continued creation and rollout of the drugs violates basic principles of common law, constitutional law, and natural justice, as well as the Nuremberg Code, the Helsinki Doc De Declaration, and other international treaties that explicitly forbid forcing people to participate in medical experiments against their will. Good for them. Opponents of the mass immunization scheme underway globally in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic have repeatedly pointed to the provisions of the Nuremberg Code and the Helsinki Declaration to announce global moves to coerce people into taking the injections by declaring to remove their livelihoods and, or excuse me, threatening to remove their livelihoods and ability to participate in society. To back up its declaration and urging a worldwide halt to all COVID-19 jabs, the WCH cited well-known and credentialed physicians and public health experts who have contradicted the mainstream narrative and called for a stop to deleterious COVID-19 policies like lockdowns, mask mandates, and mandatory injections that have deprived people of their fundamental liberties while failing to stop the spread of the virus. Experts cited included Dr. Paul Alexander, a Canadian health researcher and former Trump administration official at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services during the COVID-19 pandemic, Dr. Bry uh, Byram Brittle, um, an associate professor and viral immunologist in the Department of Patho uh, Pathobiology at the University of Guelph, and Dr. Peter McCullough, MD, an internist, cardiologist, and professor of medicine at Texas A&M University Health Sciences Center, who has testified before committees of the U.S. and Texas Senate. 
The group also cites the expertise of Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA technology uh, used in the Pfizer and Moderna COVID jabs, as well as former Pfizer uh, Vice President Michael Yeadon. Calls for halting the distribution of COVID-19 drugs and treating the harm or treating the harm caused by the experimental injections, as the humanitarian crisis is not new to uh, for the World Council of Health, um, and the group is not alone in doing so. In June, co-founder of the coalition, Dr. Tess Laurie said there was more than enough evidence to declare the COVID-19 injections unsafe for use in humans and urged preparation to scale up humanitarian efforts to assist those harmed by the COVID-19 injections and to anticipate and ameliorate medium to long-term effects. Likewise, thousands of medical professionals and hundreds of thousands of concerned citizens have signed the Great Barrington Declaration urging a common-sense approach to managing the pandemic. Experts who shun the mainstream narrative have repeatedly warned about the serious adverse events that have been reported in connection with the injections and sounded the alarm about the potential long-term side effects of the jabs that are yet unknown. While time will tell what the long-term impacts of the drugs are, the early data is not promising. As of December 10th, there have been 965,841 adverse events reported to the adverse or vaccine adverse event reporting system, or VAERS, connected with the coronavirus shots in the United States alone, including 20,244 deaths, 106,129 hospitalizations, and 33,675 permanent disabilities. And they say they're safe and effective. <laughs> you pays your money, it takes your chance. Comparatively, vaccine-related deaths reported to VAERS cons had consistently been recorded in the low to mid-hundreds before the rollout of the COVID-19 drugs. It remains a concern that the skyrocketing numbers of COVID-19 jab-related deaths and injuries are just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Many physicians believe that millions and millions of Americans will die as a result of these shots. Nowhere near those caused by the uh, illness itself. While causation is not explicitly confirmed through VAERS, it is also cannot be presumed that all adverse events connected with the vaccines are ever reported. A 2010 Harvard-executed study commissioned by the Department of Health and Human Services found that injuries reported to VAERS represent fewer than 1% of vaccine injuries, suggesting that actual numbers of deaths and injuries connected with the COVID-19 shots may be significantly higher than currently reported. You think? Yeah, maybe a hundred times more. Could be. But, you know, that is what that is. At least there are people out there that are finally standing up and saying, no, this needs to stop now. Good heavens. Hmm. Are the globalists planning a cyber attack? 
Israel IMF lead 10-country simulation of major attack on global financial system. Hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. Massive child sex trafficking ring abused or busted for ran for decades, protected by police in exchange for sex. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, and the Trans Madness Swimming Magazine calls on NCAA to act now. Yeah, that ding-a-ling from uh, Penn State or University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas, a man who's being allowed to compete in a women's swimming team, has all the advantages of a female using performance drugs, and according to John Lawn, editor of Swimming World magazine, Lawn would know he's seen it firsthand. Yeah. That's absolute insanity. Why this stuff is allowed to go on is just unbelievable. Harvard scientist Dr. Charles Lieber, nanowires, DOD, CCP, Wuhan, COVID, 5G, carbon nanotubes, military vaccines, and SPFN, spike ferritin, nanoparticles, and more. Good grief. That's a mouthful. Uh... Yeah, Merck's new miracle drug, COVID, uh, COVID drug, found to cause cancerous mutations in hans- hamster experiments. Oh, no. Click on that one, and it comes up with a 404 error not found. Bummer. Yeah. Why on earth would anybody use this new drug from Merck to the tune of hundreds of dollars per course? when they have safe, effective, and inexpensive ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, and then a wrath of natural things as well. It just proves that this whole thing is all about making money while we kill people. You know, the main thing is to kill off as many human beings as possible, but heck, why not get rich in the process? And when they created this whole pandemic, I think how many new billion, hundreds and hundreds of new billionaires have been made just on the, you know, the new art new uh, industries that have arisen from this thing. You have all the people out there doing testing. You have all the, um, uh, good grief. The face diaper manufacturers, the all the little signage that goes on the floors, you know, stand six feet apart, and all the other, you know, people making plexiglass dividers and all the other garbage. People have gotten wealthy on this stuff. If you have a little, you know, you know, imagination, you could really make a cleaning on this thing. But most people are just trying to get by. Most people just want to live their lives and uh, do their thing. But uh, they aren't allowed to because governments have different plans for you. They include things like uh, camps, <laughs> detention centers, re-education centers, things like that. Stuff that you only read about in 1984, but they're real. And anyway, we're just about out of time for this segment. Uh, probably in about 10 seconds, we're going to hear the music starting. So we will be back in three minutes with the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And um, got another recording to play for you I think you'll find interesting. 
So don't go away, we'll be right back. back with the last segment of today's edition of your DIY health here on the truth frequency radio network. And, uh, and we were talking about Fauci earlier and all his little mandates and things he wants to do and got to keep wearing face diapers and got to do this and got to do that. And now they're saying that before you can fly, you have to be tested 24 hours ahead of time and all this junk. And of course, uh, most tests take longer than that. So now they're coming up with these little do-it-yourself test kits that you can get that uh, will allow you to do the test yourself. And guess what? They are not without their own perils, as this little short video or audio clip is going to uh, explain. Check this out. On October 25th of 2021, the CDC released an order continuing to deceptively act as if they have that authority requiring proof of negative COVID tests from all international air travelers two years old and up boarding a flight to the United States beginning on December 6th. The passenger has to be tested within 24 hours of travel. To meet the CDC requirements, the tests can be self-administered. The tests are not approved by the FDA, but have been greenlit under the Emergency Use Authorization Authority. So if anything goes wrong, the manufacturer is free of liability. What could go wrong is that Abbott has included the lethal drug sodium azide into the do-it-yourself test kit. Sodium azide has caused deaths for decades. Even minute amounts can cause organ damage, sowing most of its damage into the heart and brain. There is a small warning and instructions not to touch the swab to the Regent solution the lethal sodium azide. But mistakes happen, and there have been several deaths and injuries in hospitals and laboratories by trained professionals handling sodium azide. In one instance, sodium azide was poured down a drain, causing it to explode and release toxic gas. Sodium azide is fatal if swallowed, fatal in contact with skin, and fatal if inhaled and it is now included in over-the-counter test kits for frantic everyday citizens to hurry through a day before international travel, including two-year-olds. What could go wrong? For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese. Yeah, there you have it. Just one more way you can kill yourself trying to protect, you know, protect yourself from COVID. The things they're coming up with and you can bet that people that are traveling and wanting to travel, they're in a big hurry. You know, they're going to 
do several of these things for every one of their family members, the little kids, and all the rest. What do you think the chances are that somebody's going to come in contact with that sodium azide solution? Hmm? Breathing it, getting it on your skin. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. It's just like when they chose the nastiest form of plastic to put in baby bottles. <laughs> this whole thing is a, it's a giant joke. But when it comes to COVID, man, I'll tell you what, everything they're doing is lethal. So you need to avoid all of it. Don't do testing of any kind or any of the other stuff. So anyway, I've got this uh, little video here queued up. Hopefully um, it's more than just pictures because uh, otherwise we'll have to stop it. <laughs> and uh, But this is from uh, Unplugged in the chat room gave me this. It's all two minutes and 25 seconds. So here we go. It's beginning to look a lot like something. We'll see. It's beginning to look a lot like genocide. to what they said your government wants you dead with booster jabs at last forevermore it's beginning to look a lot like genocide with every jab you take but the only thing you'll see if you're watching bbc is that the shit's all fake Boris has said that he'd rather you dead as soon as you possibly can. If you don't comply, he'll give you a fine and drag you away in a van. He'll make sure you won't be spending Christmas with your nan. It's beginning to look a lot like genocide in every hospital. But the nurses dance all day While the doctors count their pay And there's no one there to take your call It's beginning to look a lot like genocide They're jabbing kids in school But if you're out of luck Big Pharma doesn't give a fuck And it's all your fault said that he wants you all dead by jabbing the shit in your arm. Roll up your sleeve and we'll make you believe that this shit will do you no harm. We'll keep making booster shots until you buy the farm. It's beginning to look a lot like genocide when you turn on TV. They're dropping down like flies because the government lies. One day we'll see these bastards swing. Well, there you have it. Apologize for some of the bad language. Didn't know it was in there because this was the first time I saw it. But, uh, <laughs> cute. While it was on, I posted it to my Telegram channel and texted it to several people. <laughs> that was kind of funny. And pretty uh, accurate, beginning to look a lot like genocide.
I'll tell you what. There you have it. Gotta love Space Busters. Those guys are on the ball. Oh, BKB, thank you, Unplugged. <laughs> Next time, give me a warning about the language, though. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Let's see here. Yeah, I posted some interesting things in uh, the Telegram channel here. Got a couple one. I got this one of a young lady uh, uh, says, I was on the bus without a mask and nobody said anything. She's sitting there looking, uh, got her cell phone in her right hand and her AK-47 in her left. <laughs> and, of course, then you have the old picture of the Munsters. Uh, along with Caroline, and it says that one family member that refused the vaccine. <laughs> so anyway, you know, those are some fun things uh, there on the uh, Telegram channel, Your DIY Health, if you want to check those out. And uh, let's see here, what else is going on? Let's check the news. Um, and what do we have going on here? Pfizer starts injecting third dose of experimental COVID shots into infants and children. Good grief. As Omicron pushes sales to 50 billion. My goodness. Giving this thing to infants is, oh, we're going to see it will be genocide. Pfizer-BioNTech announced Friday they will expand ongoing clinical trials of their COVID-19 injection in children to include a third dose for participants as young as six months old. What parents out there are idiotic enough to allow their infant to be jabbed with this stuff? I'll tell you what, it is unbelievable how stupid people can be. Just absolutely unbelievable. Testing a third dose will cause a delay in submission of data to regulators to authorize use in the U.S. In the fall, Pfizer CEO said the company expected to have data for this age group by the end of 2021. Now the company says they would expect to file results in the first half of 2022 if trials are successful. And by successful, they mean killed lots of babies. <laughs> Yeah, they, they kill lots of babies and fudge the numbers so that it says none of them died. The company said two doses did not produce a robust immune response in kids two to five years old. Oh, so we need more. We just need to fill them up with this stuff. Pfizer's peak COVID sales now pegged at $50 billion plus with injections still hauling in $25 billion by 2027. Good grief. In memoriam, victims of vaccines, no second chances after you take the shot. And your family and friends mourn at your funeral. Proud to be an anti-vaxxer. That's me. I'm pro-science, which automatically makes me anti-vaccine. Bombshell video emerges where Fauci and others planned for a universal mRNA flu vaccine, which became the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine because people were not afraid enough of the flu virus. 
Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Just some disgusting stuff. 12-year-old German boy dead after Pfizer shot. Good grief. German study finds zero COVID-19 deaths in healthy children, but children are now dying from the injections. And let's see here. A new study published in Germany looked at the risk of hospitalization, severe disease, and mortality due to COVID-19 in children. Their results found very little risk among children for serious events or deaths. While the overall hospitalization rate associated with SARS-CoV-2 infection was 35.9 per 1 or 10,000 children, 35.9 per 10,000, IC admission, ICU admission rate was 1.7 per 10,000, and case fatality was 0 0.09 per 10,000. Okay, that's for actually getting COVID. However, when they looked at comorbidities, they could not find a single case where a healthy child in the ages of 5 to 11 years of uh, age group died from SARS-CoV-2 infection. Not one. Children without comorbidities were found to be significantly less likely to suffer from severe or fatal disease course. The lowest risk was observed in children ages 5 to 11 without comorbidities in this group. The ICU admission rate was 0.2 per 10,000, and case fatality could not be calculated due to the absence of cases. Unlike the U.S. and Israel, where this age group is now being injected with Pfizer COVID-19 shots, this age group didn't, has not been approved for COVID-19 shots in Germany yet, although there appear to be plans to start uh, plans in place to start soon. We've already reported on two deaths of children in Germany following a COVID-19 shot, a 12-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl that were reported at the COVID World site. Beautiful young lady, 15 years old, dead. Cheyenne Braun, 15-year-old girl, dies three weeks after receiving Pfizer COVID-19 injection. Investigation launched. Holfeld, Germany, police are investigating the, the case of a 15-year-old girl who died several weeks after a COVID-19 jab, reports local news media main, or news outlet Mainwell. Cheyenne Braun suffered a, car a cardiac arrest just days after the injection was and was rushed to intensive care and put on a ventilator before dying on Tuesday, November 16th. Man. Uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Cheyenne with her mother, Kirsten. Man. Cheyenne's mother, Kirsten Braun, reported that her daughter's tragic death on Facebook and published a statement from Cheyenne's sister saying that Cheyenne had no pre-existing health issues and that is, and that it was probably inflammation of the heart muscle that caused her sudden death. And then we have a 12-year-old child dies in Germany two days after receiving the Pfizer COVID injection. 12-year-old boy from the district of Cuxhaven uh, has died two days after receiving his second Pfizer COVID-19 injection. Initial evidence suggests that there is a causal relationship with the vaccine. The district had decided to make this case public after rumors surfaced on social media. 
The news comes just as the uh, U.S. has started injecting 15, 12, 11, or excuse me, 5 to 11-year-olds uh, with the Pfizer vaccine. The Cuxhaven Health Department has ordered an autopsy, which has already taken place, according to the preliminary, preliminary autopsy report done by experts from the Institute of Forensic Medicine at the University Medical Center in Hamburg-Eppendorf. It was concluded that it is likely that this uh, sudden death was due to the injection. The head of the health department in the district of Cuxhaven, uh, Kai Dini, said, We are confronted with a particular tragic case here, statistically serious vaccination side effects resulting in death are extremely rare. But 100% of the family is ruthlessly affected. Exactly. It's rare until it's you. Then it's not rare. <laughs> RT.com, which I believe is Russia Today, recently reported that new research shows that fully injected people are increasing the transmission of COVID-19 cases, not decreasing it. Well, there you go. Captain Obvious to the rescue. Man, they quoted a recent study published in The Lancet. The prevalence of the virus is increasing in fully injected people. After inspecting new infections in Germany, researchers found that the rate of cases among fully injected individuals aged 60 and over has risen from 16.9% in July to 58.9% in October, a 42% increase suggesting that fully injected people are a major source of COVID transmission. So much for the claim that children are transmitting COVID to their grandparents. The data suggests that it is exactly the opposite, at least in injected people. Uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. And here's a full report here on which channel. And mass vaccine rollouts are taking place around the world, but new research suggests vaccines have failed to stop COVID transmission. In fact, the data shows the prevalence of the virus increasing in fully vaccinated people. This, as pollsters say most voters don't trust major pharmaceutical companies now. Trinity Chavez is outside of the Pfizer headquarters in New York with more details. As biopharmaceutical companies like Pfizer are rolling out vaccines around the world, experts say that getting vaccinated is still the best protection against the virus. However, new data suggests that the positivity rate among fully vaccinated people who are 60 and over is actually rising, further fueling doubt that many have when it comes to the pharmaceutical industry. Today, a newly released data suggests mass vaccine rollouts have failed to stop COVID transmission. According to a medical study in The Lancet, the prevalence of the virus is increasing in fully vaccinated people. After examining new infections in Germany, researchers found that the rate of cases among fully vaccinated individuals ages 60 and older has risen from 16.9% in July to 58.9% in October. That's a 42% increase, suggesting that fully vaccinated people are a major source of COVID transmission. Throughout Britain, the number of household contacts exposed to unvaccinated cases, which was 23%, was slightly lower than the number exposed to vaccinated individuals, which was 25 
25%. Furthermore, an outbreak in Israel that infected multiple healthcare workers and patients, as well as their family members, came from a fully vaccinated hospital patient. This at a time where most American voters don't trust major pharmaceutical companies and think that drug makers have too much influence over America's healthcare policy. A new national telephone and online survey by Rasmussen Reports finds that 53% of likely U.S. voters don't trust large pharmaceutical companies, including 19% who don't trust them at all. Only about 6% say they trust major drug makers a lot, while 36% of voters somewhat trust them. Now, I reached out to Pfizer to get the response on both of these studies, as well as the CDC, to get their take on the transmission rates among fully vaccinated people. However, I have not heard back. Foreign question, Trinity Chavez, RT New York. Yeah, they haven't heard back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, you know, do not vaccinate your child. If your child's healthy, they have zero risk from deadly infection from COVID-19 symptoms. It's not just your child. If any person is healthy, the risks from COVID are minuscule compared to the risk from taking one of these bioweapon jabs. Doesn't make any difference how old you are, how many comorbidities you have. You are far better off taking your shots with taking a shot at at having COVID and developing much, much stronger and more robust immunity than you are in taking one of these jabs. If you get the real jab, I still say that there are people out there that are receiving nothing more than simple saline solution, thinking they're getting the actual injection when they're not, because they're part of the test case. If you actually get, you know, if you're unlucky enough to get the real McCoy in full strength, it will have far worse effect on you than COVID could. The key is when you start to feel funky, you start realizing you got something, you need to deal with it immediately. When it comes to COVID, early detection and treatment is the, those are the bywords. You got to deal with it quickly and heavily. Load up. If you do that, you got nothing to worry about. It's the people that sit on their thumbs and do nothing. They talk about, well, maybe I should go get some ivermectin. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. They may be away for four or five days, and the next thing you know, they can't breathe because it sneaks up on you and hits you fast. The second you think you might have something, you need to deal with it right then and there as quickly as possible. If you do that, you'll knock it out with no problem. But this BS about, well, the shots will keep you from having a severe case. Baloney. (laughs) The shots are designed to do one thing, kill you. And if you get the real McCoy, there's a good chance that's exactly what they'll do. For the worst people, you know, everybody except those out there that are literally circling in the drain with four or more comorbidities, 99.97% survival rate. It is not worth risking your life to get the other 0.03%, which you think, you know, that may, you know, that will not come from the injections. (laughs) Just won't. So anyway... You know, consider that. 
All righty. We're about three minutes out from the end of the show. The phone lines are open if anybody wants to call in, 833-TFR-LIVE, 833-837-5483. We can squeeze somebody in real quick uh, if you want. But otherwise, uh, we'll go back to the um, uh, other news here. And again, don't do the rapid tests, the things you buy in the store, or if you buy one, make sure you read the ingredients and make sure it does not include sodium azide. And it may it may have it without even listing it because if it's in the re reagent solution, um, it may very well be something that's a trade secret or some kind of garbage that they don't have to disclose. But if you touch that or breathe it in, it could kill you. Not something you want to be messing with. Not to mention the fact that you have no way of knowing whether these things are actually accurate or not in the first place. Oh, good grief. Illegal aliens exempt from COVID vaccine mandates because they can sue drug companies, but you can't. And again, I can't get the thing open right away because it's taken a sweet time to load. Let's see if we can get into it at all before the end of the show. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Um, there we go. Exempt from COVID vaccine mandates because they can sue drug companies. The only people who are not required to take Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 injections are migrants, according to the new reports, officials, and internal documents from the ProJab Gavi organization say that tens of millions of illegal aliens will probably not be forced to take Fauci flu shots because several major drug manufacturers are concerned about the, the legal ramifications if harmful side effects occur. What do you mean if? <laughs> it's when turns out that only non-citizens have recourse under the law when it comes to injection adverse events. Actual citizens, contrarily, have no legal route to justice in the event that they suffer serious injuries or death post-injection. As it currently stands, the bulk of Chinese virus shots have been distributed to developed countries. Low-income countries have barely been jabbed at all and probably never will be. The average poor country, it is being reported about, uh, has about 7% injection rate. Far left enclaves like Vermont, on the other hand, are almost entirely injected. Good grief. And that's as far as we can go. I'm going to drop this into the chat room and I'll put it on the Telegram channel. But we're done for the day. Uh, the music will be starting here and there it is. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We'll see you soon. Take care and God bless.